two. Hello and welcome to Opening the Gates to More Listings for Estate Agents with me, Simon Gates. And I'm delighted to be joined today by Mr. Christopher Watkin. Chris, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Simon, for inviting me. Right, OK, as I said off air, we're going to jump straight into questions whilst I sort out my blinds because the sun is streaming into my eyes, but the listeners didn't need to know. Um, got a list of questions. And the first one I want to start with is you are Mr. Data, Mr. Statman. So for the listeners, if there's one stat you think they really need to be knowing and implementing, what is it right now? What is one stat that agents need to know and go do something about it? What's happened to house prices in their town in the last year? Perfect. Um, do you know, interesting that you say that um, because I was speaking to an estate agent earlier today and they said they're running out of ideas. And as kind of you always say, you know, the gatekeeper's second most uh, interesting thing uh, behind the weather is local property prices. And I, was in, I think Zoopla just brought something out where they basically said that for uh, 9.4 million properties, so about 32% in this country, have grown by more than £50,000 since February 2020 to April 2022. And I said to yep. him, why don't you go and you know, talk to your local marketplace about that and what impact that's had on the value of their home, right? Would you like to know how to get that information? Go on. Okay, so I want everyone to go on to Zoopla. And when you get on the normal punter website, I want you to go all the way down to the bottom and click on the word sitemap. OK, when you click on the word sitemap, go past all the counties um, and the overseas and keep all the going all the way down to when you see the word useful tools in the build your business section. Click on useful tools. And now you have some sections called property search, average property values. If you click on the word average property values. Um, it defaults to the word England and you just change the word England to your town and you can put a postcode in here as well if you wanted to, like Grantham is NG31, so you can put NG31 or you can put Grantham in and you type in your town, okay, and you click on the word lookup and a little box will appear and it'll tell you what has happened to the average value um, in the last year to all homes and then what's happened to detached houses, semi-detached houses, terraced houses, and flats love it information that zoopla took off a couple of months ago but they seem to have left it there for people to use (laughs) you have to go and find it brilliant i love that i think we're not going to but we could end the podcast there with that little nugget of information so thank you for that chris right the other one the other one if you want to now that's good but that i don't if i had to trust what's actually happened to house prices i'd use the land registry myself yeah and that's what i do when i because i'm a property statistician people pay me to write articles for their town i'd use the land registry you just go to land registry and click on house prices i think that's what it says and then you type in the location and it tells you what's happened to house prices in your local council area in the last year i think the thing is on on the point um you you sort of made that there are just so many tools out there isn't there with information on people's local market and and we don't talk about it enough as estate agents right we don't okay but the important thing the really important thing when talking about stats simon is a lot of agents just throw up stats okay so obviously the center of the universe is grantham we all know that so if you just said house prices in grantham have risen by 15 percent, that's just a thrown up stat the magic with stats is the magic, and you'll remember this from your from your GCSE days, um, is the, the phrase compare and contrast. Okay, so if I was comparing Grantham, I would say house prices in Grantham have gone up by 50%, whilst in Newark, 
which is the next nearby town, has only gone up by 12%. Yeah, love and it. the reason being is, is that the, is one, one of the reasons is that Grantham has some excellent schools, hence why house prices have gone up. One of the reasons, not the only reason. Now, you could do that, you know, each town is surrounded by five or six other towns. You could compare and contrast. Now, if for whatever reason your town is the lowest compared to all the ones around, you can say uh, our town's only gone up by 10% in the last year, whilst the rest of the towns nearby have only gone up, have gone up by 15 But anecdotal evidence suggests that over the long term that Grantham always catches up, which means that Grantham house prices should, subject to what's happened in the past, go up quicker in the next few years compared to the towns. Therefore, always turning bad news into good news. Love it. Um, I actually um, was speaking to uh, Ian Macbeth earlier today, um, which will lead nicely into uh, my next question in a second. And he said when he'd launched Avocado, and it was like, you know, it was the news channel. Basically, that's what he, he wanted to be and reporting on the local market and how much traction they had. And before he went live, he was like, I had 100 blogs written before he even went live. And like that, that was music to my ears. Like had all that information yes. ready. Like I say, everybody's obsessed by the value of their own home all we seem to talk about in our, in our industry is what we have sold yeah now unless the house you have sold is identical <laughs> and i mean when i mean my identical it means in the same street because you're not homeowners alike if it's in the next street it's not it's different of yeah. course my garden's bigger or it's south facing which we all know as a state agency means nothing but to homeowners it's everything then it's not the same so therefore the important thing is is it's not about what you have sold. You have to talk about what you're, what is selling in the marketplace. Yeah. Okay. And, and compare and contrast. And yeah, Ian is a very, very smart cookie, very smart cookie. And by talking about things that interest your potential clients, by definition, they'll become interested in you because you're talking about something that they're interested in. And then something really weird happens in human heads. If you're interesting and they're interested in you, they get to know you and then they get to like you. Yeah. And then they trust you. Know, like, and trust. You know, I'm sure you've seen some, I'm sure you've seen one or two of my sofa chats. I've seen a few. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now people say, God, oh, Chris, you know, you're really interested in what, what the person has to say. I don't give a monkeys about what the person says on the sofa. I don't care about self-employed estate agency or fees or, or, or anything because I'm not an estate agent. You know, if I wanted to actually do a podcast or a sofa chat on something I was interested in, I would talk about craft beer. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't in this order. I'd talk about my wife. I'd talk about my dog. Unfortunately, I've left, I lost my dog a couple of weeks ago. Um, but I talk about my dog and I talk about collecting antique whiskey and I would talk about collecting medals and I, I'm a Freemason, a funny handshake club. I talk about that. I'm in round table. Um, I, I've been, and I, I love talking to people. I love talking to what they're interested in. Yeah. But I don't talk about that. I talk about self-employed estate agency because by talking about something that someone else is interested in, they become interested in you and then the, it follows on okay you know let's be frank you simon sell home search uh, home search products but you don't go out there and sell home search you go out there and talk about stuff that interests estate agents like i talk about stuff that interests the state and letting agents then they get to be interested in you 
and then they get to know, like, and trust you. And people do business with people they trust. It is the same with estate agents. Every homeowner is interested in the value of their own home. So why are you not talking about that in social media? And when I mean social media, I'm not talking about on your page, your estate agency page, because the only people that are going to <laughs> see it on your estate agency page are the people who've liked your estate agency page, which is you, your rest of your colleagues, and your mum. Yeah. What, what you need to be doing is joining local Facebook groups. So, Simon, what town do you live in? Newport Pagnell. So, you, so that's on the outskirts of Milton Keynes. Where do 100% of Newport Pagnell homeowners live? Newport Pagnell. Who are the only people that join Newport Pagnell Facebook groups? Mostly Newport Pagnell people, yeah. Okay. So that by definition, they've self-selected themselves as Newport Pagnell people. But estate agents say, well, the groups won't let me put stuff in the pay, in their groups. <laughs> of, course, of course they won't. If all you're doing is swinging your willy around saying, look at our market share and how brilliant we are. But if you're giving them something interesting, which is house prices in Newport Pagnell have gone up by 26% in the last three years compared to Bletchley at only 14%. Well, they're going to be on that like a tramp on chips, aren't they? Absolutely. And I think you, you, when you put that kind of stuff in there, people will start commenting, liking. There'll be, yeah. you know, lots of traction there. Um, I actually had an estate agent in the Milton Keynes area who I got him to join Facebook groups, Nextdoor app, things like that. And they were basically taking pictures of various different local areas across Milton Keynes. And they were sharing interesting information. Like you said, you know, what's going on with um, house prices, the latest one to sell, the highest price achieved. And people were literally queuing. And what I mean by that was they were commenting, going, oh, my God, can you do my area next? And he's like, yeah, yeah I've got a, I've got a month's worth of ones already done. But in a month's time, I'll tag you and it'll be back. And he couldn't believe the traction he was getting. And he didn't yeah. even he didn't even mention he was an estate agent, but he got appraisals out of it. There you go. I mean, here's a question. When was the last time you saw me? me talk about what i sell to estate agents i actually think you put a post on social media the other day <laughs> but yeah but, but, but apart from that no it's it's give 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 service 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 99 percent of the time it's the difference between trying to sell somebody something and then someone wanting to buy something from you yeah love that okay. i I actually had an estate agent say to me recently uh chris he said no one wants to go out on a viewing and be sold to um, they want to go shopping with their best friend. Yeah. And I really like that analogy and I'd never thought of it that way. Um, so, go. yeah. So um, moving on to the next question, Chris, um, it was Ian Macbeth who, who said this um, in, in an episode I recorded with him. But my question to him was, who is one person uh, in the industry that people should be following uh, to get more gold and, and, you know, our ideas for generating more listings? He kindly said you, and you said he was a smart cookie earlier. So apart from yourself, Who's one person you think people should be watching, uh, soaking in their content uh, to give them ideas and inspiration to get more listings? Um, my biggest competitor, Jerry Lyons. Okay. Why? Because he, he, he checks out content. I mean, not as much as me. I'm a bit of a content whore, let's be frank. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, he, you know, he, he um, him and Paul Long. Okay. Okay. And probably what's about it, John Paul. John Paul for systems, but that's not content. Uh, Paul Long for telling you how to do Facebook adverts. 
and um, uh, Jerry Lyons for giving you techniques. Now, Jerry, Jerry has content which is a little bit more lifestyle-y, yeah. a little bit more community-based, okay? Um, but that, that, you know, that, that's... Well, um, that sort of content is not the sort of content I write, but it's as important as my content, community yeah. stuff. Okay. And he gives you ideas on what you can do. So, Jerry Lyons. And then, again, while you're at it, you might as well talk to the other two amigos to talk about how you systemize your business and how you do Facebook adverts. You know, Paul, it's, what fascinates me about, about, people is you can give them all of the answers all of the time and still they won't do it um, why why is that why do you think uh, because i think i think it comes down to is this is that is that is that anything worth having in this world requires hard work and patience yet everybody's looking for the shortcut yeah Winning at the estate agency game is quite simple. You know, the game of estate agency is all about attracting people to sell their houses and then putting it on the market. This part of finding buyers in this current market is quite simple. It's a simple fact of putting it on right move and, the, and they'll come to you. If the market hardens a bit, we're going to have to be a bit more smarter with the way we do our buyer management. But again, if we're talking in this market, the simple fact, the biggest problem is how do you attract homeowners to you? We as human beings are always looking for the shortcut. It's why we have evolved, you know, and why we have evolved over other animals is that we've found tools to, to do, to find the shortcut. The problem is, is that the simple fact of a state is that, is that in every town, there's not a lack of a state agent problem. It's not as if there isn't enough estate agents. There are too many estate agents. Yeah. So, so everybody's shouting from the rooftops to say, hey, I'm the best estate agent, come and use me. If you think about it, if someone's just moved into their house, they're at probably one out of 10 on the scale of likelihood to move. Yeah. And then the person who's about to put their house in the market is at 9.8, okay? Mm -hmm. now, now, what's every what every agent is doing is that they're trying to attract those people at 9.7, 9.8. So they're putting all of that, all of that focus on those last people. The problem is it's getting very, very noisy at that point. And, and again, the way estate agents do their marketing is that because they're egotistical people, people, then they love themselves. And again, I'm making sweeping statements here, but the industry is far more outward going people, people who do are quite egotistical. I'm, 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 I'm an ex-estate agent. I'm, we're all guilty of it. Yeah. Is that we talk about ourselves and we talk about how wonderful we are and we make ourselves the hero. Where in reality, good estate agency is trying to get the people who are at seven or eight. No one's talking to those people. But if you talk to those people six, 12, 18 months before they need you, you will be the only agent they call out when they get to 9.8. And, how, and how, 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 do you, how do you do that? How do you do that, Chris? I know you've answered some of that already, but, but what is it you'd be doing to get to those people that six, 12, 18 months beforehand? Can you remember the, can I tell a, uh, can I use a story or an analogy? Please. Did you get taught the, the, the uh, Trojan horse story? Yeah. So for anyone that doesn't 
know the Trojan horse story. Greece was on one side of the Adriatic and Turkey was on the other. Okay. The Turks from the city of Troy went over to Greece, nicked the Queen and came back over. Okay. I think that was the story, something like that. Yeah. But anyway, so the Greeks, the Greeks came over to Turkey and, were, and came up to the big city gates of the city of Troy. And, the, and it was a big city with the biggest F off walls you've ever seen in your life. Water, they've got loads of food, and the Greeks say, bloody hell, we're not getting in here. How are we getting in here? So what they did is this. They, and again, apologies for people that know this story, but there's some people that don't know the story. They built the biggest wooden horse you've seen in your life. 10 metres tall, or however big it was. Okay? Because the, the people from the city of Troy in Turkey loved horses. They rolled this horse up to the gate, the biggest gate, right just before dusk. And then they walked back, to, walked back to the docks, jumped on their ships and buggered off. And the city of Troy people say, well, there you go, these Greeks, eh? They came here, they thought they were going to beat us, but they didn't, did they? They, they buggered off. Now, we all know the story that, they, that there was some Greek elite troops in the horse. That was done at night, just before dusk. So they wheeled in the, the horse, left it by the front gate, but on the inside, and went to bed. Meanwhile... Because the, the the sun had gone down, the Greeks came back in darkness in their horses, uh, in their boats, docked off. Meanwhile, the, the the crack troops that were in the wooden horse got out. They got out of the wooden horse, opened the gates, killed all the the guards, and all and then all the Greeks got left. Uh, went into the city and destroyed the city of Troy. The story is: you need a Trojan horse to get inside somebody's head before they need you so you're the only one there when they do need you and the way that you do that is this if all you're talking about as an estate agent are your services that's a bit like trying to sell a nursing home to someone who's in their 60s what's the point of trying to sell a nursing home to somebody in their 60s they don't need a nursing home until they're in their late 80s so by you trying to talk about your services to people who are not prepared to move, it's like water off a duck's back. They're ignoring you. You know, the average human being sees 2,000 adverts a day. And if they ain't moving, they're, not, they're just going to ignore you. So how do you get inside someone's head? You get inside someone's head by talking about stuff that they're interested in. So we're coming back full circle to what we talked about a few minutes ago. And every single homeowner is not interested in your market share what you have sold, unless the house you sold is identical to theirs, which is going to be four horse round, four, you know, basically anything within visual sight of their house. The only thing they're interested in is themselves and the value of their own home. That's why every single time there's a brand new for sale board on your street. <laughs> every single person will go on to right move, A, to have a nosy at the pictures, but secondly, and probably more important, to have a look at what it's on the market for, because that's a direct relationship to what their house is worth. And that's the killer thing. Every homeowner is obsessed about the value of their own home, but we don't talk about it as an industry. Yeah, absolutely spot on, so, Chris. I, sorry, go on, Chris. And that's it, really. You know, I, I've said before, and I'm, I know I'm famous this line, but the British are obsessed. The first thing they're obsessed about is the weather. And the second is the property market. Why don't we talk about the property market? Yeah. Why are we not talking? You know, if we were selling widgets, if we were selling 
terracotta pots, if we were selling wooden chairs, if we were selling peanuts for bird food, they are dull subjects. But we are talking about property. We are the gatekeepers to the second most interesting topic in the world to the Brits, the property market. Yet none of us do it. But the people who started this were Savills. Yeah. yeah. Savills, 30 years ago, didn't don't go around saying, hi, we're a posh estate agent. We're, we're, we're red and yellow and gold and blue and we're posh and we talk really posh and you should sell our houses. No, what Savills do is they have a research department which talks about the property market in the towns they have offices in. Okay, so yeah. when, when the property comes up, so therefore by talking about that to local people, and then when local people put it, uh, come and have a look at it, they go, bloody hell, someone doesn't seem to know what they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, this is nothing new. The reason Savills are where they are now is not because they sell posh houses. Savills are successful <laughs> because they talk about the thing, one thing that interests their, cli their clients, it just happens that they make most money from posh people with posh houses. Okay, yeah. if they made more house, more money by selling semis, Savills would be selling semis. Yeah, Chris, to circle back to a point you're making, I think I I interjected and then we went down another route. I think you're about to give a stat, and correct me if I'm wrong, but were you about to say something along the lines of what percentage of people had been in their home for in 2021 when they sold? Have I got that right? Was that where you were going? Maybe I've was... got no, no, but I can give you that stat. Okay, so um, so what what I do is this: I'm a state and letting agents pay me to write them a weekly article on their town's property market, written in a Sunday Times style, and then they publish it under their own name and make themselves look awesome and gorgeous. One of the articles which we wrote a couple of months ago was I asked my team because we, as I said, we we write about in about hundred, just over hundred twenty locations. So in the 120 locations, what I asked my team to do is look at the last 100 sales that took place in their location, in that location. OK, so therefore, if we did it a few months ago, that was spring. So we were looking for all the sales that had, that had completed in Q3, Q4 and Q1 this year. Yeah, Q3, yeah. Q4 last year. Okay. Yeah. And what I then asked them to do is to work out the average but then what i asked them then to do is to put it on the one great big huge spreadsheet okay and some brutally amazing stats came out which mm -hmm. blew my mind you see you know very very roughly there are 20 and well, it's 27 million houses in the uk you take the council houses off that brings it down to 22 million then you can take off 4 million private rental houses that brings us down to eight, around 18 or 19. And if a million houses sell each year, by definition, ignoring the fact that if you buy to let's buy and sell, we'll just ignore that fact. I know we're not being truthful, but it's pretty close. Yeah. People move every 18 years, which sounds pretty fair, doesn't it? Yeah. 18, 18 million owner-occupied houses, 1 million house sales. But the number, but that, okay, but that number, when you actually look at the stats, blew my mind. Okay, here we go. Two things that came out. 50% of the sales in that in those 100, so 100 sales in 120 locations. If you added them all up and then divided by that, is that half of the sales, the homeowners had only been in the house six years, 
18 weeks or less. Incredible. And this is really weird. And I posted this this morning because I went back and looked at the stats. There is a real sweet spot at year three and a half to four and a half. Okay. On 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 lower quartile to to, to mid quartile property. So what I mean by lower quartile, so lower quartile is twenty five percent, mid quartile is fifty percent. So you're talking outside London, traditional modern two bedroom townhouses, two bed semis and three bed semis. Okay. What you tend to find is this: people buy their first house and move very quickly within three or four years, and then they move again in another three or four years. Yeah. And then, and then when they seem to get to their age of around mid forties, they tend to stop in their house for about twenty five years. Yeah. Okay. So therefore, if I was an estate agent, I would be targeting. So um, I would be. So I, in fact, I post. I, where did I post this? I posted this in the Landlord Farming Group. What's today's date? I know we're going to be publishing 26, this. 26th of July. So 26th of July. If you go back to the Landlord Farming, Landlord and Vendor Farming Group to 26th of July, um, I actually showed you how to, how to get the, every address of, of every semi-detached house that sold in your, in, a, in, in your town in 2018. Give you a step-by-step guide. Nice. And do, do you know what I said? Do you know what I said, Simon? What? Send them all a bloody home search or swift report. <laughs> okay, so I'll tell you what you could probably do is this. Why don't you go get a copy of that link before you forget by the end of this call? And why don't you put a link in the podcast for people to go and have a look? I've shown you how to do it. Okay, target the people who have a higher propensity to move. And th- what you tend to find is people, when they buy their first house, they tend to stop in it three or four years. Then they move again in three or four years. You might make a third move those three or four years, and then they stop there until they pop their clogs. It's really interesting what you're saying there because I was I'm, I'm I'm frantically nodding my head because I bought my very first home a two bed in 2016, sold that in 2019, moved up to a three bed. I'm three years in it now, and I've kind of got like itchy feet. Like you know, I've had some great capital growth um, over the past couple of years with crazy the market, and it's like I should be taking advantage of that. Maybe going up the ladder again, and then at that point, it's like great let's then you know you think four bed detached family home da 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 so when you reveal those stats it's just like yeah it makes so much sense yeah um so chris want to move on to um another question um so this one is what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given in a state agency land do the right thing and when were you given that advice and, and what does that mean to you? Mark Fieldhouse, Halifax Estate Agency Area Manager, 2005. Okay. When I was dealing with staff and I had trouble, uh, you know, managing staff. And he just said, and I had asked him a question and he, and he says, you know, I had a choice of what to do. And he just looked me in the eye and said, Chris, the choice you have to make is doing the right thing. It was the it was the it was it was the hardest it was the harder decision to make. You know, I had to I had to confront someone because they were they were not being particularly good to another member of staff. But then, you know, the person who was doing really well, I had a, a star performer who was who was blow it who was 
really nailing, hitting targets, blowing it out the water, making the branch look good. But but the golden person who was doing the great numbers was causing issues with other staff members because of their cockiness and I'm the big, big, big I am. Mm. Okay. And, you know, it's, I know there's a lot of agents out there that have been in that position where, you know, do you, do you kill the, the goose? Well, what was it particularly, you know, the, the golden goose or the cash yeah. cow? Yeah. What is particular? what is particularly interesting is that it took a while. It took a while to, to sort that person out. But when that person left, the other people who hadn't been performing particularly well, stepped up to the mark mm. the atmosphere in the office was much and um yeah it it um the the the, the sales didn't suffer they, they dipped they came back and the atmosphere was better interesting i think when you when you said um do the right thing it made me and I, I can't remember the exact language uh he uses but matt bulldock says i think there's three things when they when they look at business like um, is it legal? Is it moral? Does it make business sense or something in, in that order or something? And I'm probably um, doing them an injustice by saying it like that, but that very much came to mind. Um, right, Chris, I've got two more um, questions for you, um, if that's okay. So yeah, penultimate question. Um, now you're a stat man, now you're a data man. In your own words, you're a social media whore. Um, but I might have missed something here, but I, I've, I've never really perhaps seen you mention about any books. Are you a, are you a book? Are you a big book reader in terms of like state agency led books or motivational books or anything like that um, i like i like my podcasts so what okay what's a what's what's a podcast um that you listen to that other agents should be listening to uh gary vaynerchuk okay not the first time seth, i've heard that seth godin yeah um i am i'm a big fan of stephen brown's luke sinclair's podcast yeah um there's a few American podcasts I like to listen to. Depends. I, I tend to listen to them when I'm cleaning the bathroom. I, I love cleaning bathrooms. <laughs> but, you know, I'll take two hours to clean the bathroom. I'll still miss something and the wife will shout at me. But That's just life, isn't it? Yeah. Um, no, that's, that's interesting to, to hear some of the things you said. The, the interesting thing is the, the people I've interviewed so far, again, going back to the line of success leads clues, like it's not the first time we would have heard Stephen's name, uh, Luke St. Clair, um, Seth Godin, uh, Gary V, etc. Like there's so much great content out there. And again, it's all free. But again, it's useless if you just observe it, take it in and don't do anything with it. And I think you put a stat out the other day, Chris, about the percentage of people who, uh, I can't remember what was it exactly, who have like watched your videos or have or have subscribed and not watched them. Can you? Oh, I'm I, I, I've got, I give my techniques, I give it all away for free. And I know yeah. how many people have downloaded them, how many people, how far they've watched them, yeah. and then how many people use them. And it's really weird. The more you tell people how to do things and give it all away for free, the less they do it. Just like Facebook advertising. You could, you could, you could go on to, you, you can either pay Paul Long hundreds and hundreds of pounds a month, or you can spend eight hours listening to all the free videos that he's put out in his Facebook group and then adopting it. Yeah. I mean that. Yeah. I mean, it is, it, I give it away for free and just people are lazy and that's why anyone, I mean, the, the, the two things to success, and this has come from Gary V. Okay. Is this, is that everyone, a lot of people watch it, but it's whether you actually implement it or not. Mm. It really comes down to two things, hard work and patience. 
Now, everyone's very good at hard work, but it's those, the, the shortcut is the long game. Okay. So I, you know, I've just turned 51. I don't know what I want to do. I still don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I want to, I, I mean that. I, I, I believe you. I've no idea. The way that I am, my money's article writing, but I still don't know what I want to do. I get invited to conferences. I, I bring my film. You know, when I go to a conference, I bring a film crew. I'm there at my own expense and it's costing me money. I get offered money to go, but I don't see myself for sale. I go because it's good to be there. I get some great interviews and it creates content, which is of interest to the industry. Yeah. Like you should be doing your podcast. You know, do like we like we said is do the podcast not to get anything, do the podcast to give. Give without expectation of anything in return. That's why estate agents, you should be going out there and doing a podcast on your town and interviewing local shopkeepers. And that's got nothing to do with selling houses, but it's all about building trust. If you can build trust by turning up and giving great, interesting content, which is educational and entertaining, people get to know you because that you're interested in them because you're talking about stuff they're interested in. They become interested in you. They're becoming interested in you. They get to know you. They get to know you. They get to like you, know, like, and trust. When they get to like you, they trust you. And, and people do business with people they trust it's, it's i find it fascinating that we all chase the outcome the listing mm. getting more business stop chasing the outcome and chase the process the process is how do i get more people to trust me Love and if that. you go with that attitude and but you can't buy trust can you You have to earn it but if you go down that route you will win and you will win so big i mean for god's sake simon the highest position i ever got to in a state agency was a branch manager in a corporate estate agency that's all I got to. Now, I, people blow so much smoke up my ass. Thank God I've got a wonderful wife that keeps me grounded. <laughs> but honestly, people, I get titans of the industry ringing me up for advice. And I'm still waiting. We've all got imposter syndrome. Yeah. Still waiting to be found out. Mm -hmm. Okay. But everyone suffers from that. Just get out there. Give your best. Do the hard work. Play the long game. And you'll win. Perfect. Um, Chris. Time for one more question. Yeah. Right. Last question. I'm going to, you're going to get a bit of a nosebleed just thinking about this, but we're going to take you out of sunny Grantham yeah. uh, and we're going to pick you up and we're going to put you in Newport Pagnell um, yeah. tomorrow. Okay. You've yeah. got a blank check. Money's no object and you're opening up Chris Watkin estate agents. What's the first thing you're doing to go out and get more listings? I know you might have covered some of this already, but what's the first thing you'd be doing? Am I allowed to have done some work six months before or not? Yes. Um, the worst thing you can do when you open a state agency is open an estate agency. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, the best thing you can do is build your personal brand. So any estate agent who's thinking, this is self-employed as well, okay? Yeah. Or, or, or whether you're going self-employed or setting up your own estate agencies, why don't you build your own personal brand whilst you're being paid, for, being paid a wage by your employer by building up a brand about talking about the property market, posting it on your own page, on your own Facebook, you know, profile, you're doing it under the banner of your own estate agency. And then when you do move, you've got all the followers are following you, not the per your firm. So Tony Ruby did that. Yeah. Absolutely. So when, so Tony Ruby, you know, when he left his 
business. He was already number three in for listings in the town within the month. Yeah, incredible. And has been there ever since. Okay. So that's one thing I would do. Um, the second thing, so that, that that would be, that's the number one thing. And that doesn't cost money. That just costs time and going outside your comfort zone. Yeah. Uh, the other one is, and again, money, I think this is where everyone goes wrong. Money doesn't solve the problems of estate agency listings. Going out your comfort zone and it is, is where it is time and effort. Um, and I would go door knocking using the frozen P method. 100%. And the frozen P method, if you go to, go, go to YouTube and type in the frozen P method, is a, way, is a way of door knocking property. So let's assume a property is a 12-week agreement. You hit them at week 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14, and you knock on the door and you say, hi, my name's Chris Watkin. I noticed that you're on the market with Connells. Let's say that it is Connells, who, by the way, are the most fantastic estate agents in the world. So you praise them. Uh, but I don't know if you know, but Chris Watkin estate agents have just opened up. I don't know if you realize, but in some locations in the UK, up to one in five houses that come on the market don't go on right move and get sold through mailing lists. Now, my biggest fear, Mrs. Uh, I don't know your name, and I don't want to know your name or, or who you are, but but you're not on my mailing list because I know you, you haven't got your address on my database. So don't want your name, don't want your telephone number, just tell me what you're looking for. And if it comes on the market, I'll um, pop it in the post. So you're, the, the, the intent of knocking on the door is not to get the listing, it's to give. Give them something they want, which is finding a house, which in this market is gold dust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You next week. Now you're a new agent. You've got no listings. Next week, you print off every property that fits their requirements that's been come on the market or reduced in the last week. What you then do is you then knock on the door and say, "Hi, it's Chris and Chris Estate Agents." If you recall, I last week I said that I would um, drop drop um, post you something if something came on the market. Now this three bedroom semi just come on the market with heart. I was about to pop it in the post, but remembered I had a viewing around the corner, and I thought I'd save myself. A pound postage stamp so mm-hmm. here's the brochure i can't stop but have a look at it i think it's really nice and then you walk away and you've got people against let's just press pause a second well mm-hmm. surely they've seen it with heart yes of course they've seen it with heart but you're the one that's delivering it absolutely okay next week another three bedroom semi comes on the market with i don't know leaders you pr- you print it off you knock on the door i was a i was a i was on the way home. i was about to put this in the post but i remember um but I, I remember, I'm on my way home, so here's the brochure. I can't stop because I've got frozen stuff in the car. Mm-hmm. That's why it's called the frozen pee method. Okay, next week, can't stop. I'm on the way to a viewing. Next week, can't stop. Got children in the car. I remembered you lived here. And what you do is you're just turning up every week with brochures. You, the, excuse is the, the excuse of knocking on the door is you turning up with brochures of your competitors. But what will happen is on the fifth or sixth door knock, they will say the magic words. And the magic words will be, Chris, you're trying to find me a house, but I haven't sold mine. And that's when you go for the kill and you say, well, I've had a look at your photographs online. Connells are a great estate agent. Would you like to have a quick look around just to see if they've missed us something? Absolute gold. That he's got, he, 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 there is absolutely nothing that comes anywhere close to that for business generation. Not, And I've been in the game 20, 28 years okay there's nothing comes remotely close to that i've used that technique and it's taken my agency in nottingham city center from 18 or 19th place to top three or four um just, you just 
You're picking up second hand. Now you could say, well, that hasn't that won't have worked in the last two years, right? The market was last two years been different. Okay. Yeah. The market is cooling and we're going back to a good old traditional estate agency market and stuff is going to be sticking. And it's your job as a state agents to pick up the secondhand stock. And you putting a leaflet do saying, hi, we're an estate agent, we're brilliant, is not it's, you can ignore a letter. But you can't ignore someone knocking on the door. And if the intent of someone knocking on the door is trying to help them, there's, there's no negativity. But the problem is people haven't got the balls to knock on the door or, or they haven't got the longevity to say, right, I'm going to knock on this door for six or seven or eight weeks. Absolutely. And just to add a bit more um, uh, context, what you just said of how it took you um, from 18th place in Nottingham all the way up to, to the top. In 2019, in my last full year in agency, and this might be a small number, it might be a big number, depending on where the agent is in the country and the size of them, but the profitability of the office I was running, it was already a relatively successful and profitable office, went up by 50, 55,000 pounds in 2019. And it was from literally doing that frozen P method that you've described. Um, and it worked incredibly well. Um, and yeah, there's lots of agents out there who, who do it and get great results. So Thank you. For the, pro the problem that. is, is that most valuers, the pro their profile type. I'm I'm a disc profile person. There yeah. are other, you know, different, but basically their profile type is outward going people person. I know there's red greens and yellow schemes, whatever. Yeah. But the personality type that makes a great valuer, outward going people person, their biggest fear is rejection. Yeah. And valuers won't do this because they fear the rejection of the doorknob. That's why valuers are atrocious at business generation, because they fear the no. And if there's one skill that, that, will, that, will stain, that will stand you apart from other estate agents is your ability to love rejection. Yeah. Okay. Isn't it fascinating? There should be... Just as much, okay, if you saw an oscilloscope, you know, with a heart monitor and you put a listing on, it, the, the emotion would go up. You would yeah. expect a, a tick up. So why does the emotion on a loss hurt? You know, if you had an oscilloscope, it would have a little up. When you lose, it would go down off the scale, wouldn't it? Yeah. And that's because we judge ourselves as valuers on the opinion of others and the acceptance or rejection of that. That is why valuers don't care. I'm being, being quite blunt now. Valuers don't care whether they get the exchange or not. All they care about is the listings. I know you're going to say, well, hold on a second. Surely I care about the, the exchanges and things like that. Yeah, of course you need to be paid. But what's more important to a valuer is hitting their listings target than earning an extra few hundred pounds. Yeah. If you, um, ask, if you ask the valuer, what would you rather do? Hit your target or miss your target and earn less? And, and, and uh, you know, what am I trying to do? No, I didn't put that particularly well, did I? <laughs> okay. But honestly, it is the, it is getting the deep, the get, the, they get more of a thrill by getting the deep, the getting the listing than they do from earning the money on the exchange. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you from, from experience of, of that myself. Um, I think the point you were trying to make was it, um, would they take less money but hit their listing target? Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think, yeah. 
because the thing is you you know you could go you could you come home at the end of the week you've listed 10 houses but you remember the one you lost and it irritates you and it gets in your head so yeah because they don't love me yeah and and if you and that's that's a skill if you you know if you the, the magic thing is this is in other professions when something goes wrong treat the loss as a lesson yeah. what you know instead of taking it personally say where did i go wrong and what can i do better next time to make sure that doesn't happen not they hate me i'm the end of the world i'm not a very good valuer and then emotion gets in the way the simple fact is if you didn't get the listing you weren't good enough and you didn't get your point across if 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 you if you're if 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 they went with because the other agent gave an overvaluation, well, then that's your fault for not proving that by going down the overvaluing route, they're actually going to end up getting less. Mm. And if you didn't get that across in stories or whatever, then you're at fault for not proving that. If someone has a cheaper fee than you, you haven't proved that your fee is worth what that is prepared to, that, that you're worth the extra £600,000. That's your fault not the homeowners for realizing that they didn't get it Hard, harsh but true it is harsh but true but look i think that's why um i i wanted to to do this podcast chris was to 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 be you know very blunt and add value uh to industry and share these sorts of points so just to, to round things off now um because i don't want to eat, eat into your evening too much to end the podcast if there's one piece of short advice you could give to listeners, just one piece of advice, a bit like what you said of that gentleman who said to you, do the right thing. What's your, your, your sort of end point for one piece of advice you give to the listeners? I'll, I'll, I'll have to go back over some of the things I've said is uh, self-awareness of what you're good and bad at. Yeah. Um, play the long game, work hard, enjoy the process. Don't, don't go for the outcome. And um, just enjoy it. As a 51-year-old, I'll tell you here and now, I became an estate agent when I was 23, uh, or a bit before that, actually, because I'm a surveyor by trade. I just never never practised. I've, so I've been in it nearly 30 years. I don't feel any different to what I did. Hmm. It doesn't feel any different. It feels like a couple of years ago, but it's 30 years has gone by. I've probably got another 20 years left in the industry. Is Just enjoy the journey, guys enjoy the journey enjoy the process and you know enjoy, you know the wonderful thing about estate agency is is you're helping one person and one family move from one chapter of their life to another and there's it's such a privilege to move a family from one chapter of their life to another it's not about you getting the deal it's not about you earning the commission it's a privilege to help someone move now i think if you can embrace that and be paid well as a reward but remembering that fundamentally it's not about we're not the heroes of an estate agency the homeowners and the, the the homeowner is and the home buyer is the hero if you listen if you believe that you you're you won't you'll never go to work again because it's not a job it's 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 a way of life love that Brilliant. Chris, that is a fantastic place to end. I just want to say once again, on behalf of myself and the listeners, thank you very much. Well, and I think it's very important that we thank you, Simon, for what you do with some videos. You took out some great content and 
I think Home Search are very lucky to have you. So thank you on behalf of the industry for what you do. Bless you. Thank you, Chris.